0: kill me, man! Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me.
1: What are you? I'm Batman. Hello and welcome to FW Presents, the anthology show for the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Kelly, and joining me is my pal, Chris Franklin. Hi, Chris.
2: Hey Rob, how's it going?
1: It is going great. We have some very exciting news to discuss. It's sort of funny. We could have given this episode of FW Presents the subtitle, Find Your Joy, uh, (laughs) because I'm pretty sure that we are going to be finding our joy uh, in these two new series that are coming out from DC Comics, and we're going to talk all about them. And joining us to discuss this very exciting news is our pal and our boss from (laughs) 13thDimension.com. I never tire of calling him that. Dan Greenfield. Hi, Dan. Hey, guys. So uh, let's talk about this. DC yes. dropped some big news yes. the other day. Two new limited series. Why don't you just talk about them, Dan? What's sure. the, what, what are these series going to be?
0: Superman seventy-eight and Batman eighty-nine. Woo! To, yeah, woo! Woo! woo. <laughs> uh, based on the, the 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 movies themselves, or they're not adaptations, but they take place in the same universe. So it's new stories told in those universes, each is going to be a, uh, a, a 12, I guess it's 12 chapters that will be online and then it will go to six print edition issues. And then it will be collected in hardcover for each of them. So for example, for, for example, uh, the Batman book, Batman 89 is going to be written by Sam Hamm, who of course was wow. the Batman screenwriter mm-hmm. and illustrated by Joe Quinones, who you may recall some years ago, had posted online that he had actually pitched DC on doing the Batman 89 series because Batman 66 was such a success and they actually turned him down. So he gets to actually be the artist on this project, which I think is a, which is nice. And I think that's that's really a great, uh, great thing for him. And then there will be Superman 78, which is by Robert Venditti. And the artist there is Wilfredo Torres. And as far as the schedule goes, they both kick off in July uh, digitally then they're going to be in issues, um, and then they're going to be um, in hardcover, as I mentioned. And if you want all the actual details, all, you can just go to Thirteenth Dimension, and we've got a, a ton of stories about it this
1: week. But the schedule and all that stuff can be found there. So, all right, I mean, I'm curious. Well, do you know when it's going to go to print uh, versus digital? You said digital in July, but like how long it, after digital? Well, it's
0: it'll be pretty quick. It's um, here's here, I'll read it straight from the story. Superman 78 and Batman 89 will debut with six digital chapters of each new series on July 27th, according to DC, followed by new chapters of each comic for the six weeks that immediately follow. The 12 chapters will then be published as six printed comics between August and October, but the dates haven't been set yet because, you know, we're well ahead of the game as far as solicitations go, and the hardcover collection for Batman 89 will be in October, which seems fitting to me hmm. and 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 uh, November will be superman seventy eight so just in time for Christmas, which also seems fitting for me because it was hmm. a christmas uh, timed movie but that 's the basics of what we know right now. A lot of the details are still to be announced
1: all right so let's uh, let 's talk about Superman first, because uh, yeah. of course, Chris and I are the hosts of Superman movie minute, yes. and i 'm excited about both these books, but I, I will say it's superman seventy eight is the thing that really got me excited uh, <laughs> when I saw this story because. As you mentioned, there never was an adaptation of either of the first two Superman movies. This is, this is as close as to what we would have wanted to see in 1978 as a, a Superman comic where it's going to look like Christopher Reeve. And thanks to Wilfred, Wilfredo Torres, it's going to look exactly like Christopher Reeve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his art, um, he, uh, they, you know, DC only released two um, promotional images from the Superman comic. Um, and they're both obviously extremely recognizable. One is the classic shirt pull, and the other one is is Superman flying through Metropolis slash Manhattan. And but if you if you look at if you come to Thirteenth Dimension, we we curated thirteen uh, illustrations that uh, Torres has posted on the web in the past of various scenes from Superman One, Superman Two, Superman Three, and he he really really has a feel for. For the style, he he, he he, there's an economy of line work that really is effective, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what some of the you know the uh, the actual storytelling pages are going to look like. Because I'm really looking forward to that. But like you, Rob, um, I am also looking forward uh, more to uh, Superman 78 uh, than I am to Batman 89. But of course, I'm also overjoyed about Batman 89. But Chris, what do you think?
2: Well, yeah, I've, I'm definitely you know, more – it's it's kind of weird because I think there is – I think we've got more of an idea of where they're going to go with Batman 89 because they're actually where they're, they're – they're jumping off from Batman Return. So that means you've got uh, quite a bit more backstory developed in the Superman comic. It, it sounds like we're in between the first movie and Superman 2. Yeah, the Um, descriptions, just just to, to quickly interject, is that the
0: Superman one will, quote, tell stories set within the world Richard Donner and Christopher Reeve created in Superman the movie. In Superman 78, bystanders are surprised and delighted by Superman's abilities, and Lois Lane doesn't yet know that Clark Kent is secretly Superman. So I don't know whether... It's, to me, it strikes me yes that it's that it takes place in between the movies, which I think is really a great idea. But it also could because at the end of Superman Two, of course, she doesn't know who he is, so there's a chance that it could be after that. But my take is that
2: it'll probably be in between. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the the more the it's it's more kind of open ended than I, th- I think we've got more of an idea just just from the article and and the artwork we've seen of where Batman eighty nine could possibly go. Uh, versus uh, Superman, which is which actually, you know, in, in some ways that's more exciting because you really don't know what they're going to do with it. You just know it's going to look great <laughs> at <Yeah>. this point. <laughs> right. Right.
1: I, well, I which, will say when I first okay. read, uh, when I first saw on on 13th Dimension that the Superman comic was going to be between 1 and 2, I was a little disappointed because I was like, well, that kind of hamstrings them a little bit because now we know the, the you know, the story can only go so far. But then I realized, well, of course, Superman 2 ends, you know, the Superman two movie really kind of ended the storyline with the lowest kiss and everything. So I was like, yeah, as a, as a comic book, there's nowhere to go past that, because as we will soon discover on Superman 3 Movie Minute, they were like, well, let's bring in Lana, because there's nothing to do with Lois Lane at this point. So I was like, it makes total sense that, it, that you yeah. would put it between the two movies.
0: Although I would also argue that, you know, they'd still put Superman in between Action Comics number one and Action Comics number three. You know what I mean? There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's a world of possibilities and stories that you can tell here, regardless of the time period. I think the idea, though, is that Superman is still new, and it's still not definitely that it's in between it's that's that's really reading the tea leaves but the idea is that superman is still new and i think that that's what makes it uh special and there may be a reason that it takes place if it is indeed between the first two movies there may be a reason that it takes place then because maybe it has something to do with the fact that the phantom zone villains have not arrived yet right and one of the things that the you know the, the first movie we get is superman at the beginning in the first movie and the second one is superman he's been around for a while the the, the you know the, the the kryptonian villains show up but what happened in between is he was kind of getting his sea legs as superman and becoming this figure this well-known figure we never got that story so i think there's a lot of opportunity plus a lot of opportunity to introduce classic um superman villains done up in the 78 style That were not in any of the movies in a similar way that the Batman 66 um, comic at first stuck with only villains who were on the show and then later branched off into other villains that were never on the show where they had Ra's al Ghul and they had uh, the Scarecrow and some of the others. So in my mind, one of the things that um, we've got going this week at the site is thirteen things we want to see in Superman seventy eight, and thirteen <laughs> things we want to see in Batman uh, eighty nine, and with Superman seventy eight, I mean, I would love to see finally a bona fide
1: Brainiac story. Yes, for the yes. love of Rayo, Brainiac. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't think that you could get any better than that. And I think it's really the right. If you know, I'd, this is not an ongoing series. Now, of course, if it's really successful, who knows what the future will hold? But I would imagine that they're going to go big while they have this opportunity. And I really don't think that other than Lex Luthor and General Zod, you're, you're going to get any bigger than Brainiac. But even then, if you had, like, undercard villains, I think movie villains that would work well in that world would be Metallo. You know, we, we, we never did find out what happened to that piece of kryptonite that, uh, that uh, Miss Tesmacher threw down the drain. You know, mm. maybe John Corbin found it and we get, you know, or or I could see a parasite type of thing. You know, I could see those villains working well in this universe as opposed to, a, you know, Mr. Mixius Pidelik or or a Toy Man, which I which I really don't think would work.
1: I really hope that right now, as we're talking, Wilfredo Torres is doing photo reference for Sean Connery to make him Terra Man. That is really <laughs> yeah. what I'm hoping. <laughs> no,
0: no, you mean Zardoz.
1: He's going to be Yeah, yeah, That's right, yes. that's right. That's right. Well, then, well then who would yeah <laughs> perfect. Who then who would be Terraman? Who would be who would you care if you were drawing Terra Man? Like I, I Dennis mean, Weaver from McLeod or something?
2: That's, a, that's as good a that's a good that's as good a one as you're you're likely to come up with, yep. I think. Yeah, there you go. Um, maybe, maybe Burt Reynolds, I don't know. Burt Reynolds would be good for sure. <laughs> yes. Would, I, I, guess, I guess would go to stuff, worry yeah.
0: –
1: stuff
0: Yeah, you don't have to worry about the atomic skull, I guess. But you know, but but that's the other thing, is that the what what's not clear is who's likenesses they have for superman 78 and, and again as chris i'm sure could tell you off the top of his head with batman 66 when they did that comic and same thing with the merchandising they only had certain people that they could use their likenesses up they could use the characters but they couldn't use their faces so for example neil hamilton's estate madge blake's estate never signed on to the master license so anytime that you know who knows why yeah, um, Madge Blake's family is like, this or, is going to be worth a million dollars. No, or, or maybe they just didn't – maybe maybe the, um, the the budget was limited and maybe they weren't approached. I can't imagine that they wouldn't be, but who knows. Anyway, that, that, yeah. a lot of that's been kept under wraps. But the point being is that whenever they would have um, Anne Harriet or Commissioner Gordon, they would draw characters who kind of sort of look like them as opposed to being really like they're, they're drawing Adam West here for order. So by mentioning Lois Lane, I imagine Margot Kidder will be, will be the image of super uh, Lois Lane, Christopher Reeve, definitely. But beyond that, I don't know who's going to be, you know, who's going to be used. Will they have, uh, you know, a, a Jackie Cooper as Perry White, or are they going to have to have a more generic Perry White? We don't know yet, but that also does bring up the idea of the villains because, with villains who weren't in the movies, it would be fun to kind of have a, f- like, uh, uh, fan cast them and have, have the art kind of reflect who they might have played or who might have played those characters, which they also did do in Batman 66. Um, the Ra's al Ghul uh, on the covers of Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77 um, was, uh, was Christopher Lee, as mm-hmm. Raz al Ghul, that was Mike Allred did that, and he also did, um, by his own admission, um, Anne margaret for Poison Ivy when he did her cut.
2: Mm-hmm. But,
0: you know, they have to be really careful about that kind of stuff because of legal issues so they can kind of walk up to
2: the line, but they just can't cross it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, when they did the animated uh, Batman right. films with Adam West and Burt Ward, they, uh, and, and Julie Newmar, they, they did the same thing, you know, yes. so everybody pretty much, you know, looked dead on, but then there were a couple of characters here and there and and uh and it actually kind of this because of uh Wilfredo Torres's art it, it kind of you know because it has that tough uh look it kind of makes it feel like this is like Superman the movie the animated series which yeah. I which I'd be,
1: be great. Now I'm imagining that D C had to send some poor person in their accounting department down to uh, Arizona to talk to 90-year-old Gene Hackman to get him signing off his yeah, right. like this right <laughs> well,
0: that's but you see that's also another thing that might be a hint that it takes place in between both because they could get away with telling this story without Lex Luthor even. Right, he's oh, in jail, he's in prison. Right, yeah. right? Right. So, I mean, this is, that's, that does open up that possibility that he's no longer in the picture, and here's Superman against some other classic villains before General Zod, because you could do, the, you know, do, do a story that bridges the two, where you could say, basically, it picks up at the end of him dropping you know, Lex and, and, and Otis off at jail, and then before the, the, uh, um,
2: the Phantom Zone explodes, and what happened in between. Right. Yeah. Well, like Rob and I said, you know, the Donner cut, if you follow that, right. then Superman 2, it happens immediately. Immediately. Which after. the original design. Yeah. Right. But if you follow the Lester cut, then it right. could have been literally the two or three years in between the, exactly. the, the films. yeah. Exactly.
0: So, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm guessing that they would be, if they're going to do it in between films, they're probably going to do it with the more, with the better known uh, uh, Lester version, like in mind, as far as, you know. If they touch on that at all, but who knows? I mean, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure there will be references to both because there's going to be a ton of Easter eggs in here, I'm sure.
1: Do you yeah. have any idea, Dan, of like kind of like wh- why now? Like, why are these? Fi- is is this was this the kind of thing that's been percolating for a while and finally? But I mean, what what is it about 2021 that this this dam broke? Not just for one, but for, for both projects.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't have an answer for that because it's not an anniversary for either right, movie, right? And as you you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, Joe Quinones had had um, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly um, had um, had pitched uh, DC on a Batman 89 five or six years ago, and they said no. So you thought you'd think that they might have done it in 2019 for the 30th anniversary or something like that. So no, I don't have any intel. It's early days, and I know there's going to be a lot more information coming out. But right now, I don't have any any intel on why the timing is now because I was surprised as anyone. I mean, I've been beating the drum specifically for a Superman 78 comic for some time because, and I, and I did a, a column about it um, on the site this week. It was that this for me is the only Superman comic book I've ever wanted to read. And that, and I say that without, without hyperbole, because as a kid, as, as you know, your, your listeners may or may not be aware I'm a Batman guy through and through. And as a kid, I read Batman first and foremost, never really cared about Superman in the comics. That's you know no, no knock on who was doing the comics. It just wasn't, it didn't appeal to me. It just wasn't my thing. Um, so when I saw the movie, and I mentioned this on, on uh, Superman Movie Minute, I went into Superman in the movie kind of like, oh, okay, I guess I'll see it. You know, not, I, I, <laughs> I wasn't like, you know, banging down the doors waiting to go see it. And then when I saw the movie, I was blown away. And I thought, wow, this is great. Superman's fantastic. So I went and picked up some comic books and it still didn't speak to me as a comic book. And ever since, the way I read Superman comics is I think in my mind, do I hear Christopher Reeve's voice? Is Superman behaving like Christopher Reeve would behave? And if the answer is to no, is no to either one of those, then it's not the Superman that I am comfortable with. So for me, I've, I've, there have been a, a number of uh, runs over the years that have come close to it. Uh, John Burton's Man of Steel, um, Jeff Johns's run, uh, obviously uh, paid a lot of homage. You know, D- Richard Donner was involved with that, um, and I think the rebirth stuff with uh, Peter Tomasi and uh, Dan Jurgens and Pat Gleason, I think, really kind of went down that road also, but stopped short because of of course they had to. So this is the first time I'm actually getting the comic book that I wanted to get back in 1978. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I'm imagining that uh, as, again, as I'm sort of thinking about all this, that you, because they can't develop the Lois Lane story very much, uh, that, that, yeah, I would think that for the six issues, it, I would Im- imagine it's going to be like all the villains we never got to see, because yeah. there's not much else. I mean, I don't want to say there's not much else, but there's just you kind of have two tracks with Superman. You have the superhero storyline and the romance storyline, and you can't really do much with the romance storyline. You really, you know, I mean, there's there's only so much there, uh, because you got to match it up with the beginning of Superman 2. Right. Uh, So it's not like he can go, well, I guess he could go meet Laurie Lamaris or something in the dumper and go back to Lois. No, but
0: it (laughs) could be the. they could, you know, they, they, they obviously dealt with it in the first movie and kind of, kind of, um, moved past it fairly quickly in the second one, but the classics, you know, which is no longer in the comics, the classic Superman, Lois, uh, Clark triangle, you know, they could still play around with that, particularly with a lot of humor because I imagine if Lois is involved, you know, that that she'd still, we may, maybe we will get that in, you know, we start from, you know, at the end of Superman one, where where she says, "You know, Clark's never around when Superman is," Lois hmm, mm-hmm. saying that's the stupidest idea you've ever had. And then by the time the second movie opens, she's now convinced it's Superman. So maybe it's little clues. Maybe it's her doing some detective work. Maybe she gets Jimmy involved, and Jimmy actually has a role to play in this story. As I kept thinking that it would be fun to have like a, a you know, one of the things um, that's it's not Superman seventy eight related, but in watching the old George Reeves show. I love the capers that Jimmy and Lois would get involved in. It's, it's an underrated part of that show. Mm-hmm. And Jack Larson, especially as Jimmy, is really terrific. And I, I would love to see some of that, even though it's a little different. I would love to see some of the you know, the shenanigans with the two of them kind of on the sidetrack doing an investigation while Superman's off saving Metropolis and having it all weave together. I'd like to see some real classic Superman interplay that way.
2: Hmm. yeah i i would uh i agree that's that'd be great and and you know maybe we'll they'll pick up on some things like you know where the donner cut starts with lois like drawing the right. um you know clark over top of superman's picture right. with her pen and and stuff like that so they might pick up some threads that that were in you know in that and, and and that way it kind of dovetails into superman too you know and kind of feeds the Needs the backstory that wasn't there. So that'd be yeah. sweet. But yeah, I'm, it, it, and, and you brought up Superman, uh, the, the George Reese adventures of Superman, Dan. I, you know, I shared this story on different, you know, uh, you know, on my Facebook, different message groups I'm in and just about everywhere people are like where's my superman 55 where's, <laughs> where's where's superman 53 and i and i know you you addressed this on 13th dimension but why don't you share with the group what the official word was that from dc at least a few years ago yeah the the this was when dan didio was
0: still around and i was at new york comic con and he was asked about it if you come up and um much to my surprise uh, they said at the time that it was pretty much a rights issue that they could you know um, George Reeves doesn't have any known, uh, or I don't think, you know, because maybe someone out there knows differently than I do, any known or any recognized estate. And I think their concern was using his likeness without having an official sign off could open them up to some kind of um, litigation or some problem in case, like a, a cousin comes out of left field and saying, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm the only you know surviving member of the the, the you know, the George Reeves clan and, you know, I deserve a cut of this or what have you. I also think, and this this may or may not be part of it, but I think there was also some sense that Superman 55 would have an even more limited uh, appeal for a comic. And I, this is not personally speaking, but I think they're thinking in terms of marketing is that the the, the market for it would be much smaller than even a Superman 78. Um, and certainly, you know, Batman 66, they struck while the iron was hot because it, that that had the benefit not only of coming full circle where people loved it, hated it, and loved it again, but it had the benefit of not being available for so long that it was like a tidal wave that hit when it came back. So doing a, a comic was a, was a natural thing to do. Superman 55, I think, is a little bit of a tougher sell because you're talking about a show that ended more than 60 years ago. Yeah. So, that that's I my take. Now, now, who knows if they won't? You know, for example, in um, Batman Superman this summer or this spring, as we've also written about it at the site, kind of pseudo versions of the serial Batman and Superman are going to be in an adventure. And so who's to say that they won't do something like a 1955 style story at some time, but I don't think that they would do it unless they felt comfortable that they could get away with it, right? by making it actually be George Reeves. Hmm.
2: I, if I could just live my dream that, you know, when I was a kid, I, I this is how I made sense of Superman, George Reeves and Christopher Reeves. George was on Earth 2. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris was Earth One. So if the Earth Two Superman shows up in this comic and looks like George Reeves, then well, you know, I'll just call it a day. You, you know, know <laughs> you know, you, you know, Chris, you, you, you're in the same league as George Perez, because when <laughs> I
0: when I interviewed him about Crisis, I interviewed him a couple of years ago, and we talked about Crisis, and he said that his Earth Two Superman and his Earth One Superman were pretty much based on, they didn't look like them, but their body language, their behavior, their stature. Earth one Superman was supposed to be Christopher Reeve. Earth two Superman was supposed to be George Reeves. And he said when, when he drew them, he would hear the music in his head. And when he was, when it, he even, you know, he even sang it, which was really funny. This was during a panel that I was, that I was, uh, um, that I was hosting where he says that you'd start off with Superman, the uh, earth one, and it was dun-da-da-da-da, when, when Superman from earth two would come flying. In. So he's, this is what's going on in, in the head of one of the greatest artists ever to put pencil to uh, paper. So you're in good company.
1: Yay.
2: <laughs> Validated. <laughs> Validated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the closest we may ever get to what you want, Chris, is the back in the, was it the 80s when they published Superman number 400? Yep. There's a sequence drawn by Frank Miller where they talk about the Superman TV series, and he draws a couple of TV screens of that show, and it looks just like the TV show. Yep, and it's that's in black right, and white, yeah. no less, too. Yep. So I mean, yeah,
2: yeah. even <laughs> well, winks at the camera at the end. Yeah. that's right,
1: that's right. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, uh, so I am, I am very excited for Superman seventy eight. Uh, I am certainly hoping DC that maybe when you guys finally collect it in hardcover, you do it as a Treasury edition. Maybe just saying, you know, oh, uh, so <laughs> <yeah>. oh, <laughs> and man. you know, hey, why not? Let's let's shoot for the stars here. I mean, oh, right. you know, why not? Yeah, I mean, we have a Superman seventy eight comic now. There's no reason why we can't. Uh, if get we could only long. get a
2: time traveling Helen Slater Supergirl, she could come back and see what her cousin was doing when he first showed up. How wow. that <laughs> but, yeah,
0: somebody, somebody, uh, one of the commenters on the on the original news story um from tuesday um said exactly that you know how do we get helen slater in here how do we work work that one out well you know it's the world of superman obviously time travel is not a real issue all he has to do is spin around the world a couple of times and who knows what will (laughs) happen.
1: (laughs) <laughs> would be really cool. Yeah, I wonder if Helen Slater's lawyer got a call recently yeah. or anything. So, all right. So let's talk about Batman. Yes. Uh, the Sam Ham Batman. I mean, yes. this. I mean, I, like I said I'm more excited about Superman seventy-eight. That said, I do feel like Batman eighty-nine is a more fertile ground, just because you've got two movies continuity to play in. And from the images you posted, it looks like they've got the likenesses. It, I mean, that looked like Michelle Pfeiffer to me as Catwoman. Or am I wrong?
0: Well, the what they've shown officially. Is just um, Batman. Um, is the, the, the main promo shot is Batman jumping, you know, from a rooftop in a, you know, in what looks like Anton First's um, Gotham City. It's a really great evocative uh, image by Joe Quinones. Um They all Quinones himself on Twitter released two images that I saw. Maybe there's been more since that basically were early designs for some of the characters. She's not mentioned in there. But he has drawn her in the past, and I did a piece of, that just showed like 13 different images of Batman 89's world that Quinones has posted online over the last few years, so you could see that. That's really cool. But they do make a point of mentioning Catwoman in the description, which basically reads, continuing the twisted adventures of DC's Dark Knight from Tim Burton's seminal classic Batman movies, Batman 89 brings in screenwriter Sam Hamm and artist Joe Quinones to pull on a number of threads left dangling by the prolific director. <laughs> um, it says, uh, blah, 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 blah. In the new comic, Hammond Quinones will help usher in the return of Selena Kyle Catwoman and will debut a new Robin. Plus, Quinones has a vision for Harvey Dent Two Face that is as close to movie magic as a comic can get. So there's a lot you can speculate there. I think it's fairly safe bet that, that uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, likeness will be used. I mean, remember, unlike superman batman 89 did have an adaptation right and they did have all of the likenesses as far as i recall i don't think there was anybody that they didn't have certainly um,
1: the main cast they the main had ca- everybody, right yeah. the
0: main cast yeah. and that so so when you put that into you take that into account at least there's precedent for it i know it's a different deal then than it is now but i would imagine that it wouldn't be you know a problem especially because michelle pfeiffer's back in the world of superheroes in the in the mcu <laughs> um The new Robin, of course, what people may or may not recall is that they actually had cast Robin for Batman Returns, and it was Marlon Wayans. And he originally was supposed to be in the first – well, a Robin was supposed to be in the first movie. That that character was cut. Then they cut the character a second time, but at least they had cast it. So whether they went to Marlon Wayans and got his likeness and decided to put him as Robin or maybe they did some kind of pastiche, I don't know – and of course the big question is, is Harvey Dead Two Face going to be Billy D. Williams? Because they don't say it here, but they really strongly, strongly hint that uh that it's going to be him and that we're finally going to get to see a story with with a uh with a Billy D. Williams um Two Face.
1: Yeah.
2: Not just the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, glad you reminded me of that. <laughs> But yeah, that's that that definitely that definitely the more I read that, the more it's like, okay, that's like it's close to cinematic magic as yeah, so it's like that I mean if they don't do it, I don't know what they're talking about, you know? So yeah.
0: well what's interesting is that the 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 images that, that Ginona's put on uh online make Michael Keaton older. It looks like it, the whole thing is a riff more on Batman beyond meets Batman 89 than just a continuation because they show um, Michael Keaton with graying hair. They show a gang of Jokers, let, apparently led by one who looks just like Prince in his Bat dance makeup, mm-hmm. plus a plus the, the Dee Dee twins, Yep. Uh, plus a couple of other Jokers, including one who sort of looks like a, a mutant from Dark Knight Returns. So it's possible that the idea, is, and, and if he says these were early designs, so whether this is still the storyline or not, it is quite possible that we'll see a story here that with the Joker being dead, he then you know Batman now has to battle sort of his, you know his uh, uh, his acolytes, you know the the Jokers in in the movie or in the, in the comic. I'm sorry. Or this could be completely different. This could be just some early designs and they just went in a totally different direction. One of the things that that's gotten a lot of attention is that one of the images in these um, uh, sketches that, uh, that uh, the artist put out is that Bruce Wayne is dressed in the same outfit that he wore on um, the Kenner action figure, where you could where you, where you could snap on Batman's outfit, you know the one with all the it's got like all the lock piping on it, and, and it's got that like little red zigzag that looks like it's supposed to be some kind of technical thing. But if they introduce stuff like that into the story, that's just going to be terrific. Plus, he also gives he also gives Bruce Wayne uh, the Bruce Wayne the animated series. Uh, look as well because it 's like kind of got the uh, yellow shirt and the and the brown uh, suit, so it looks like they're going to be throwing in potentially a lot of uh, homages uh, into this story. yeah
2: yeah that that's great i mean i and i wouldn't mind you know seeing you know we've got you know of course the joker's gone, it looks like we 've got some jokers but you know, I wouldn't mind seeing like what what happened with the the uh, red triangle circus gang, you know, from, sure. from Batman Returns. They just kind of disappeared, right. you know, into the background. I mean, Batman caught some of them, but but there's another there's another set of villains they could bring back, you know. So or or
0: thing. they or they could somehow meet up with the Joker's people and it could be all one crew creating all sorts of problems across Gotham as another possibility. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one thing is that they have in common is that, you know, you've got all these clowns running around.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm guessing that if they want to start bringing in even more of the rogues gallery, that, yeah, I mean, they're going to want to kind of cast it a little, but then you do have to get the rights to yeah. those people, and then that gets complicated, I guess. Right. You're have right. to... Exactly.
0: I mean, but if they do bring back a Joker that looks like Prince, he's not going to look exactly like Prince because I would doubt that he would get – they would get the um... – the uh, a likeness, but who knows? I mean, anything's possible, especially where Prince is concerned. because He's such an interesting character. Maybe they did get his likeness, but who knows? Again, this is, this, these are early images that, uh, that the, you know, the, what's been put out there may not even reflect what ultimately we get to say. This might just
1: be, you know, it says it's from 2020, but... Do you think that, uh, do you think... You were asking earlier about, like, you know when I asked you about, like, why now? And you're like, we're not exactly sure. Well, I, it, it occurred to me that, of course, they are supposedly bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman in yeah. whatever this supposed Flashpoint movie that's going to get made. And Michael Keaton himself has clearly embraced yes. his past. I mean, he's on Twitter and he's always making jokes about that he was Batman. I mean, I think just this year he did, like, or 2020, he he gave, like, a... um. Uh, a commencement address at some yeah. college and he ended it with, I'm Batman. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, he's really kind of dining out on, on his history of the character. And now am you know, not to get too far afield of the comics, but now that I'm thinking this, I'm like, well, if they're going, if they're really going to do this and they're going to bring in Michael Keaton as Batman, I mean, are they trying where, if they do make this flashpoint movie, are they going to try and rope in the Christopher Reeve Superman universe in some way? I don't know how you do that without the main actor, but I'm like, starting to think of it. Is, are they going to go that big? You know, well, maybe that's knows? what they're
0: thinking. I mean, I think, I mean, we, to not to get too far off point, I mean, I, they're already laying the groundwork for that over in Marvel. Um, right,
1: right, right. You know, Warner
0: Brothers isn't quite as um, organized, is a <laughs> good word, um, when it comes to their film slate. So who's to say? But could, you could not necessarily have. If, if they were going to do that, they could only use footage from the movie that they see through some kind of portal, just to say right. it exists in this multiverse, as opposed to actually having a story get advanced. Because I think I think it would be very difficult to, to do that. Uh, but who knows? I mean, we you know look what we've seen in the Star Wars movies, where Carrie Fisher pops up and and uh, and Peter Cushing pop up as you know because of thanks to modern technology. So that, you know, the better that technology gets, you know, who knows what can happen.
2: Yeah, true. And, you know, in the crisis on the CW verse, just, uh, we we'll just, you know, Brandon Routh is, is, <laughs> he's our, he's the same Superman, you know, basically they use right. because, you know, because Superman Returns was, of course, a sequel right. of sorts to Reeves movies. So, yes. um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, you know, and, and another thing, you know, one thing to think about too is if you really want to, you know, well, what, what do they have the rights to? And I mean, this doesn't mean they have the rights for the comics, but if there's currently merchandise out, and I think there is of, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman yeah, and oh yeah. Christopher Reeve as Superman. And so that that kind of points in that direction, too, that they've you know, the, they're willing to let their uh, rights be used, let their likeness be used for a statue or action figure. then chances are they'll they'll let them use it in a comic book. So but that's it, another
0: thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the timing just might have been right for it to be now. when they decided to strike while the iron's hot. That's entirely possible. Yeah. um and it's and, and you know dc is also of course looking to you know they've got hbo max they've got these movies they've got the, you know everybody can see them streaming they are you know Mezco's about to come out with a superman christopher reeve figure there's mm-hmm. all sorts of uh, uh batman 89s and and catwomen's they're all over the place so it might simply have been that they went you know Now's the time to ask. And they got yeses as opposed to no's or maybe they never asked before. There's a lot that's unsaid here. But um, that was the only thing, like you had said earlier, Rob, that kind of caught me by surprise was the timing of it. But it just maybe, simply that they got a yes when they finally, you know, when you know, the timing might have been right at the other ends.
1: I'm wondering if some of these actors aren't a little more uh, comfortable or at the, or even maybe even more stronger word than that with. Being part of this giant merchandising machine now, because they're seeing that it seems like a lot of these actors that work for Marvel seem to enjoy it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're coming back for like yeah. cameos and TV shows and yeah. merchant. They and and of course, as we've you know seen more and more uh, other types of movies aren't getting made anymore. Yeah. And that was pre-pandemic. Right. Uh, and you know all that's kind of getting made now are these big tentpole blockbusters. And maybe you know somebody like again, not to not to in any way suggests, because I don't know anything, but maybe somebody like Michelle Pfeiffer, like you just said, was kind of like, I don't know if I want a doll with my face on it. And then, you know, after maybe getting a couple of Marvel paychecks, it's kind of like, this isn't a bad gig, really. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. And the same could have been true for Michael Keaton in Spider-Man, you know, playing the Vulture and realized. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a couple of things. And remember, the times have changed. Um, When you, when, when Superman, particularly when Superman was made, was... The whole fear for actors in these roles, and, and I think that Christopher Reeve to, in, in, to a large degree was still a victim of it, was the typecasting idea. Now that no longer exists. Um, they cast actors who are already well known. They cast actors who are not well known, but that that are that can actually act and actually. Pr- performing other types of movies they're not one trick ponies chris evans i think is a great example of that he's a lot of fun in just about any movie you see him in chris Hemsworth, of course is you know practically a comedian when he's in, when he's being for and when he's not being for i think they've all found that first off that these these movies doing these movies are so incredibly lucrative that it's a nice thing to have but also they can still have other careers that allow them to do other things that they want to do. So it, they're no longer hamstrung. And they're also, because it has become, as you, as you suggest, there, Rob, the primary entertainment pipeline these days, that there's no shame in it. Yeah, you know, yeah, People don't look at it as kid stuff. You, you walk into an office. Well, when we were all working in offices, <laughs> but you work into an office and walk, you know, walk down the row of desks and you will find all over the place, Star Wars, uh, Superman, Batman, the, the, the you know uh, Thor, the the Incredible Hulk—it's just everywhere. Someone's got a, 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 a Funko Pop here, someone's got a little action figure there, and it's like you know the, now it is so mainstream that I don't think anybody has any real any real uh, 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 fear of any stigmas any longer. Which just goes to show what we're you know how far we've come from the times when it was. And this is no knock on Red Brown, but, you know, from the days of Red Brown as Captain America, it's a very different time now than it was, uh, than it was
1: then. Where's that Hell comic yeah. book? Where's Captain America 79 now? You know, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because one of the things that I noticed on Twitter. I know Chris that, would buy it. Oh, <laughs> <Hell> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> That when the story broke, a lot of people were jumping in with, "Hey, where's my, where's my Captain Marvel forty-one? Where's my Flash ninety? Where's my this? Where's my that?" It's <laughs> yeah. like, well, like carried away, but um, but uh, it, it would be fun to see some of them done. I, I just don't know how financially viable. you are talking <laughs> about Superman and Batman and two absolutely beloved movies that define the character for uh, at least one to two generations each. Um, you know, you, you, you've got something pretty good going there. So I, I think they know that this is going to, you know, plus, you know, making it available on multiple platforms, they're going to make it available digitally. They're going to make it available in, in print, in individual comics for people like me. Then they're going to have the hardcover. So, which you know is just going to have, be filled with sketches and back matter and probably scripts. And I imagine that those will be pretty nice hardcovers. I mean, why go on? If you're going to do these, why do it on the cheap? You might as well, you might as well give some good stuff books
1: anyway. yeah one definitely. of the thing one of the things i'm really looking forward to with the superman book as, as drawn by wilfredo torres is that wilfredo we already mentioned about his kind of chris called it tough like and i think that's accurate because it's very 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 little line work uh but but there's a fluidity to it that i really like in that and then you know we all we're all old enough we're all old men at this point we're old enough to remember a lot of comic book adaptations, um, movie adaptations in comic book form can be very stiff yes. because they're working off likenesses. And, you know, you, you can only do so much. And some artists like Ray Morrow was really good at it. Jerry Ordway was really good at it. But some others were not. But I like Wilfredo Torres's work for Superman in that his the way he draws Superman, it looks like Christopher Reeve. He draws Margot Kidder to look like, you know, Loislin looks like Margot Kidder, yada, yada, yada. But they 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 exist in Wilfredo Torres's the drawn universe. And it's not photos that he's just recreating. And that's that's something that I really look forward to. And, and Joe Canone to, as well is that like there won't be this sort of stiff where it's like, oh, I'm clearly working from stills. He's able to do what he can. And if the likeness isn't exactly perfect, that doesn't really matter. It's more about I want to read this. And I want this to read like a comic book, not a bunch of still, not fumetti, you know, right. that kind of thing yeah and and I'm
0: glad that you mentioned that particularly Torres because for some reason i you know I, I've seen in a couple of different places people complaining saying, Oh, well, all he's doing is tracing you know uh, publicity <laughs> so I'm like no, he's not no, he's not anybody knows anything about art, and I'm not an artist, I mean the two of you ha you know have, are, are, have artistic backgrounds, and you know you guys know how to actually draw. I have no skill in that in that area at all, but I do know that drawing in the way that he does to capture the images of Christopher Reeve, just as one example, that it looks like Christopher Reeve. It's got the body language of Christopher Reeve. And yes, it may be from a frame from the movie, but his, he, he, it's not overly rendered. It is, very, like I said, an economy of, of line work. That takes real skill to be able to capture that and go beyond just simply being you know, a trace job. So no, I, I, like you, I'm also looking forward to, and, I, and frankly, I think the same holds true for, for Joe Quinonez, uh also in, in the fact that any of the art I've seen from either of these guys uh, looks like, exactly like you want them to
2: look, but they also look like artwork as opposed to, you know, just frame grabs. Yeah. I think the, I think the gold standard for that, was the Batman 89 movie adaptation by Jerry Ordway. I think yeah. he literally, I mean, he said he did, he basically did model sheets mm-hmm. of each of the actors and, you know, that he had to get them to sign off on it. And he, he basically used that method rather than, than photo reference. And, you know, it, 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 and it, and it created this, and it's very exciting because I mean, it's like, oh, this is just like a Jerry Ordway drawn comic book. It's beautiful. And it's not, it's literally not like you're stopping, like, oh, I'm looking through a Viewmaster reel, you know, of, <laughs> of stills. You're reading a comic, you know. And, and, uh, well, I think don't, Tor- don't knock Viewmaster reels, though. Oh, no, no, I, I would never. I love, <laughs> I have, I no, still I'm got kidding. my Superman the Moody. No, Master. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, no. Uh, but, but, uh, and I think, you know, Torres kind of, you know, he is, you know, in, in a lot of ways he's breaking he's breaking that likeness down yeah. even further in into a more, you know, just um open illustrative style. And I do like that their their arts Uh, you know, the art of each book seems to suit the character, you know, uh, the artist, it's uh, the Superman's a little lighter. It's a little, it's a little, it's, it's, it's a little, I mean, literally lighter because there's not as much weight of, of, uh, (laughs) of, of line, um, you know, as the Batman uh, art of Canona is. And, 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 but they're both, they both looks beautiful. I mean, if these guys were just drawn uh, a regular Superman and Batman book I'd have to take notice of it And say, like, hmm, I'm gonna have to pick that up But I mean, you you add these versions That yeah. I love and I'm I'm
0: in You know, <laughs> so well, I, I think in both cases from what we've seen As far as the official um, promo images Is that the color has a lot to do with it And the way that each image uses its color Of course, the Superman color is much more flat Much more bronze-agey The Batman 89 one kind of straddles the line I'm not 100% sure who the colorists are, I think Jordy Belair is the Superman one. Maybe she's on both. I'm not 100% sure. DC did announce that as part of this, so I don't know who all of the creative teams are. Um, but yeah, I think the color has a lot to do with with you know the lightness and the darkness. Another thing I want to say, you mentioned Ordway, is that, if you recall, one of the things they did do with the Batman 66 comic, which was also digital first before, mm-hmm. before they put them into uh, print editions, is that they they frequently um, had variant covers. And I really, you know, I know people have different feelings about variant covers, but I got to tell you with this opportunity, I would really love to see some variant covers for me, you know, for the number one, at least, because I would love to see, I mean, anybody who's familiar with the work of Gary Frank, Knows that he was doing Christopher Reeve. Oh, and yeah. He was doing it. As, I mean, there, there was no secret to that. I mean, it was obvious. He said it at the time, and there's model sheets where he was drawing his version of Lois Lane, and basically, it's Margot Kidder with alterations, and his his Superman is Christopher Reeve with some alter, alterations. So, I would love to see a full on variant cover by Gary Frank for Superman, and I would love to see a Jerry Ordway cover for. Um, for Batman, or even see some other artists take a crack at some of these uh, uh, characters. You know, even I would love to see Mike Allred do one of each. You know, yeah. there's, there's so many opportunities here.
2: I hope that they're going to go in that direction. I don't know that they will, but I'd love to see it. I'd love to see. I know he doesn't do a lot of work for DC nowadays, but I'd love to see Alex Ross come back. Uh, I was thinking
1: it. the same thing. Oh, wow. right? Yeah,
2: because I mean, obviously oh, these I movies know. were a big influence on, on yeah, his take, absolutely. and he has done some wonderful paintings on his own of, oh, of sure. these versions yeah yeah so
0: <laughs> yeah i know i mean yeah i mean the mind reels i mean you could have you know you could have neil adams do it you could have alex ross do it you could have mike allred you could have i mean any number you know, uh, I, you know jen bartell i think is another artist who would do really really well with these sorts of things uh, given her style um uh there's there's other i mean I, I could roll off a bunch of names but at the very least i would want to see gary frank and jerry orton
1: Mm-hmm, I, have, I have one other question and you guys are more equipped to answer this than, than I am. And maybe you don't know the answer, but I, I am sort of curious. But do you think that younger comic readers are going to have any interest in, in these books? Or is this appealing to just decrepit old men like us and remembering <laughs> movies of our past? Do you think that like a 10 year old is going to want to read a Christopher Reeve inspired Superman comic, or a Batman it, '89.
0: I think it depends on the situation because, for example, my son, who's in his early twenties, uh, loves Christopher Reeve Superman, loves him, and is you know when I mentioned the Mezco figure earlier, you know I got him as a as a as a birthday gift. It's still you know we pre ordered it. That figure, and he he absolutely cannot wait to get it. He loves that movie. So I think if you're dealing with with people whose parents maybe were raised on Superman and showed it to them at, at a particular age, or um, you know are familiar because they've got HBO Max or had DC Infinite Universe or whatever it was, whatever its name was at the time, DC Infinite, I guess where the movies were readily available to people who had the app, I imagine that there were probably kids who might not have been, um, I say kids, but might not have been, um, might not have been exposed to it. But I think that both of these movies are so well known that I think there's at least the, the intrigue factor. Um, It's also something that I think a parent would be happy to give, give to their kid. You know, here, read this version of Superman, read this version of Batman. But there is definitely going to be some semblance of backlash. I mean, I saw someone on Twitter wrote, oh, great, another Batman comic. <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, but it's not exactly another Batman comic. Let's be serious. <laughs> and then the other one that, that, you know, on the site, people have left comments and, and also on various uh, social media threads where the stories have appeared. Um you know, there, there, someone said that this is what's wrong with Superman is the fact that the, that the nostalgists, i.e. people like us, you know, still have too much control over Superman's image and it, and it prevents him from being modernized. Of course, I think that's really off base because to me, I think that Superman works best as as you need no better proof than, than Chris Evans as Captain America is that mm-hmm. the way to make superman relevant is to make superman exactly what he is supposed to be supposed to be traditionally and that's really what superman the movie was it really was exactly that it was putting this fish out of water in 1970s new york city and seeing what would happen and you basically get the same thing with captain america he's this this this, this boy scout in a world that is not kind to boy scouts and he does the right thing cuz it's the right thing to do. So to me that is superman and that's what superman should be and he shouldn't be, you know, snapping people's necks. <laughs> right. But I digress. <laughs>
1: I'm glad you mentioned Metropolis because that, that's the, the last thing I was thinking of asking is just sort of uh, out loud. Is, is is Wilfredo Torres going to show Metropolis as we generally see it in the comics? Or is he going to draw it as grungy 70s New York like it was in the movie? I,
0: well, if you look at the promo image, there's two images. There's one, there's the, the, the shirt rip. And then the image underneath it is Superman flying through. And it's Times Square. I mean, it's, it's Times Square in the 70s, too, because the play 42nd Street or the musical 42nd Street, you can sort of see the billboard in the background. There's a billboard for Casio watches. <laughs> you can see the TKTS sign for. So he, it's definitely meant to convey New York City, um, whether that's just a promo image or whether they'll keep it that way. But, but to me, that was such a, such a part of the, of the feel of that movie was exactly the fact that they made no bones about the fact that this was really New York. It was called Metropolis, but it was New York. And it needed to be to capture, you know, as Richard Donner would say, that verisimilitude. If you were going to put Superman in the real world and have people believe him, then you had to put him in a real world environment. And what better place would Metropolis be than New York city? It was based on New York city to begin with. It really should, you know. It's 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 like the old line that New, Metropolis is New York City in Midtown on a sunny June day, hmm. and 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 Gotham is New York City below Fourteenth Street on a rainy November night. And I think that was uh, Dennis O'Neill who said it, or maybe it was Frank Miller. But that's pretty much the way I see it. Also, of course, being a New Yorker, it helps. Um, but I do imagine, you know, I, I certainly hope that they will keep it in that. I'm sure they'll make some adjustments like they did with Batman 66, but it will I from what I gather, it will feel like a 1970s kind of world. That's right. I'm
1: in, man. I'm in. You know? I
0: really, yeah.
1: We always felt like the Superman, the Christopher Reeve universe, the Superman never really got a proper goodbye. No. Uh, although you'd argue the Keaton one didn't either, but I mean, he's yeah. maybe getting a chance. But if, if they can kind of, I mean, obviously, as we said, the story is not the end. This isn't the end of the Christopher Reeve Superman universe, no. but it's a nice sort of coda to it. And so that would be really wonderful if they could, if they could really nail it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really am looking forward to it. I have all the faith. in You know, we haven't even talked about the writers. You know, we've spent so much time on the art, and I don't know we're, we're, we've been going at this for, for a little long now, but just to, just to make mention, Robert Venditti uh, posted on Twitter that this is like a dream project for him, that, that, that the Christopher Reeves Superman is his Superman. And that this is like something he has always wanted to do. And I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but the dude's got chops. I mean, he, he, he wrote the best Hawkman I've read in a very, very long time uh, when he was doing the Hawkman series uh, for DC up until last year, um, I, I love his feel for characters and his respect for DC history. So a project like this seems to be really playing to his strengths. And Sam Ham is Sam Ham. I mean, he, you know, we know that there were a lot of changes and there was a lot of back and forth, but he was the screenwriter of Batman and he also has written Batman comics. So, you know, we know that
2: he, he certainly knows the world that he's writing about because he's written it before. He helped create it yeah i mean when it, when his name come up i'm like oh wow you know yeah. <laughs> you know um that was uh yeah and i mean he i guess he wrote some version of the script for batman returns as well so yeah. um you know so uh, the initial script so yeah he yeah he is definitely one of the architects and i uh, you know his name probably doesn't get mentioned enough you know no. uh, you know and this, so this is a, great that he's that he's involved with this and maybe it'll kind of help cement his name in in with the legacy of the those films yeah, it's only right because you know he definitely had a lot to do with it. So,
1: yeah, it's very cool. It's very exciting news. So, well, yeah. Dan, I mean, thanks for stopping by to give us all the the skinny on this. We'd heard about it, uh, you know, on, off of 13 dot com, and then we were excited to talk to you about it because it's just this is this is a big thing. This is something Chris and I talked about over on Superman Movie Minute. We talked about it on Treasury Cast that it was such a shame that, uh, especially with Superman, they never got a chance. To really do the comic book adaptations, and now here they're going to do kind of even a sort of a better thing, even better than adapting the movie original adventures, but in that universe, which is going to be really exciting. So I am sure that when the time comes, we will end up doing at least. I'm sure there will be bonus episodes uh, of Superman Movie Minute, and as I may speak for Christian Ryan of Nightcast, talking about (laughs) this series
0: when the time comes. Yeah, imagine. (laughs) We and yeah, we will obviously been. Be covering this as it goes, because as you know, as the as the months continue between now and July, there's going to be cover releases and there's going to be artwork releases and previews and all of that stuff. And this week at Thirteenth Dimension, um, you know, we we did a, a ton of stuff, both new material, um, new columns, new information. Plus, we also did we you know brought out of uh, out of the vault, as I like to call it, um, some stories that we've done in the past that really do play to this. For example, a couple of stories. Out of Back Issue Magazine that we excerpted were interviews with Sam Hamm, for example, where he talks about the comic books that influenced his, you know, his script, and also explaining why Robin was cut from the first movie. So you can find all of that material at Thirteenth Dimension, and I am sure that uh, you know since you guys uh, contribute to the site at some point, we'll be uh, we'll be crossing paths on this again.
2: But it it is tremendously exciting, and it really. I'm just glad I picked that uh, that Bruce Wayne figure in my top. Uh, 13 batman 89 toys uh you know just... <laughs>
0: chris that story is gonna see the light of day again because it was it was so incredibly popular the first time uh i you know anytime you get something like this i imagine that it uh yeah it, it's as, as the time that we are recording this i have not reposted it but i do plan to
2: okay well that bruce wayne figures there everybody so uh, yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> that's it. great
1: all right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of FW Presents. Uh, of course, uh, you can find uh, all the back episodes of the show on the website, com. You can find us on Twitter at FW Podcast. And if you want to support the Finewater Water Podcast Network, you can go to com slash FW Podcast, and there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name-checked on a show of your choice. So, we have a big thanks to Gord Tolton and David Ace Gutierrez for their support of the Fire and Water Podcast uh, Network. So, that's going to do it. Uh, I guess, in some form, we'll be back in uh, July uh, to talk about these series when they debut. Uh, so, uh, I guess that's going to do it for now. And, uh, you know, look out, everybody, because the adventure is going to continue.
0: This country is safe again, Superman. Thanks
2: to you. No, sir. Don't thank me, Warden. We're all part of the same team night.